Hi guys, and welcome to Unapologetic. You know, there is this interesting phenomenon within the black community in particular, this phenomenon of being told that you act white. We saw it with Larry Elder running for governor in California. He was told that he was the black face of white supremacy. Huh? What? Tiffany Cross on MSNBC said there's a bunch of black faces running around with white voices. I don't know what that means. And I myself have been called a hot Uncle Ruckus. <laughs> which I'll take, I guess it's a compliment in its own way, but there is this phenomenon of being accused of acting white, and today we're gonna break that down with a special guest. Let's get into it. So on today's show, we have Gothics on YouTube, who I'm sure you all recognize, talking about her red pill moments, talking about the black community, discussing race relations, pride, things that are happening in children's classrooms today in America. Gothics, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, we had so many people requesting you to be on, and I, I thought this would be the perfect topic for us because you've you've talked about this at length. You've done a video about uh, not being black enough or being accused of acting white. And I'm curious, can you break that down for us and talk about your experience with that whole accusation? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have been apparently acting white uh, since I practically came out of the womb. Uh, <laughs> but you know, what's interesting is I never quite understood how messed up it sounded because all throughout my life, uh, even people in my family would insinuate that I'm trying to act white because of the music I listen to, the the my the way that I dress, you know, just mm. everything was just criticized as just not being black enough. And now as I'm an adult, I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, Because what is the right. standard to black? Right. And they ha they come up with all these different, I guess, a list of things. I myself, when I was in school, I got called an Oreo all the time because of my skin color and my, you know, parents of two separate races. And it's interesting that if you like watching movies that feature white people, if you like listening to music where the lead singer is white, if you talk in correct English, you are considered to be acting white when you're black. And it seems to be a phenomenon that is particularly strong within the black community. Like you don't often hear Asian people being accused of acting white or Hispanic students being accused of acting white. It seems something very particular, like they've set black people in a box. And I'm wondering, like, what are we supposed to do to act black? Do you have any answers for that? I, I feel like twerking might fall into that category somewhere, <laughs> okay. perhaps listening to hip hop music. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not sure. And the thing is, is whenever someone makes that claim and I present the question back to them, OK, you tell me what blackness is. They can never give me an answer because regardless of what comes out of their mouth, that's going to sound pretty bad. Exactly. And I'm it. There's this idea. OK, so acting white, I guess we understand what that means. It's speaking properly. It's not using dirty language. It's not twerking, not, not listening to rap music, whatever the case may be. But acting black comes with a whole another slew of just like stereotypes and, and racialized thinking that they claim to be so against, but are so happy to utilize when they meet somebody who is a black individual who's not saying, quote, black things, you know, vote for me or you ain't black, as we heard uh, from the president of this current administration. Come on. 
on, man. And I actually looked into this because I was like, this is fascinating. I wonder if anybody has ever written about this or, or done a study surrounding the social implications of this. And there's this brilliant guy who was a, a tenured Harvard professor. His name is Roland Fryer. And he ended up doing a study on acting white, essentially, and went through to these students of different schools and asked them, you know, what are your top three friends name your top three best friends and he went around to the white students the hispanic students and the black students and through this study ended up finding out that if you were a black student who started to exceed academically and in school started to engage in extracurriculars and just make yourself a well-rounded student you actually became less popular among your black peers because they perceived you as trying to act white and i'm i'm Fascinated. Have you ever had uh, an experience like that? Was that what life was like for you growing up? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, you know, if if I were studying more, which in high school, well, I actually am a high school dropout. But before that, I actually mm -hmm. was really good in school and I would get straight A's. I had honor roll and everything. Uh, but there were uh, there was this group of uh, black people that I think they they use their inadequacies as sort of like an identity for them. Whereas if they saw someone else that was excelling, it's like, oh, who are you trying to impress um, my future resume? That's what I'm trying to impress. So, yeah, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, same here. I grew up. So when I was younger, I had a, a group of, of black friends and they were, who I hung out with every day, all day, all the time. And we weren't doing anything that really uh, was good. Like we didn't really care about school. We wanted to go out and do different things. And I'm talking like in elementary school, we were just um, tomfoolery, misbehaving the entire time. And eventually in school, I just started to exceed and, and always did well academically. And as that incline sort of grew the separation between me and this group of friends was so apparent and i was accused so often of acting white and you talk at length about identity groups and people seemingly thinking that they have shared characteristics based solely on their skin color and you tell people you should not view your skin color that way you shouldn't take on these shared characteristics and i know a lot of people are going to hear that and say well what's wrong with that I am black. We are black. We go through these shared experiences, these shared struggles. Why do you advise against people taking on uh, those identity characteristics? Because you telling me that you're black tells nothing about me. If you're a good person, nothing about your morality, your values. And people will people use identity as far as like characteristics as like a replacement for an actual personality. And I tell people, like, I have more in common with most white people, not because of the way that we look, but because of the diversity of thought. And if we want to talk about, you know, uplifting one another, I think we should be more inclined to do so when it comes to uh, the, the way that we, we differ in thought as opposed to just the skin color that we share. Because, again, we, we, I don't learn anything about that from you telling me that you're black. Yeah. And I'm, it, do you get a lot of hate from the black community for the things that you say? Oh, all the time. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And and and, and you know, what's interesting is and this goes to show you how much people wear their skin color on their sleeve as a part of their personality, because the most common insult that I'll, I'll get from from black folks that think this way is we don't claim you. 
I don't mm. want to be claimed. <laughs> that that why would you assume I'm interested in being a part of whatever you got going on? And and right. the, the dangerous aspect of it is people, we see this very often in politics, will use skin color as a shield from criticism. Well, you can't criticize this this black lady in politics because you know she's black and representation and diversity. But again, it's it just stops at surface value. You don't you don't see anything about her morality or or anything about the policies that she's promoting. It's just black, 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 black. Exactly. It means nothing. And then as soon as you see a black person step out of the pool, they're called like, oh, you're acting white. You're a white supremacist. You have internalized racism or whatever. Or they'll accuse you of being raised white or whatever it is that they want to use. I can't tell you like how many basically derogatory slurs they have just for black people who choose to step out of the bounds of what is expected of them. And that just really really, really blows my mind. And I, it's so easy to exploit that when people think that way. And you've talked about this as well, that like when you subscribe yourself to a group and you say, this is my group, we all think the same, this is what we do, this is what we consume, this is what we buy, the media and the elites of the world and these corporations love that. They love to hear people be in these hive mind mentalities because they're like, ah, that's a new consumer market for me. Can you break that down and in, in really how that works? Because I have a feeling that some people might see it and see the campaigns that these corporations are doing about LGBTQ people, black people, Latinx people, but they don't understand how the hive mentality just links in directly with that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really comes down to people need to pick and choose what is it that they want. Because, for example, the other day I saw that Disney uh, published an advertisement. Uh, I guess they're going to start offering Wakanda meals at Disney World. <laughs> and, and it was purple drink and fried chicken. OK, <laughs> so on the oh one hand, <laughs> right. So on the one hand, people will say those are black stereotypes. That's inappropriate. Now, where did those stereotypes come from? Where did the idea of black people all thinking and behaving the same way come from? Usually it's from black folks. And mm -hmm. what I what I find that's very interesting is a lot of black people that that like to push for this collective thinking will do so until it involves some type of criticism and then they want to back up away from it. You know, this was something that I saw with um, I don't know if you're familiar with Kevin Samuels. Uh, he mm -hmm. was like a yeah. on, online relationship, self-help type of guy trying to help the black community. And he got a lot of criticism for being hurtful to black women. But the thing is, is that he was addressing uh, uh, individuals and individual behavior. So when you say that this is this affects black women or this is a black person thing you're taking mm -hmm. all of everything all of the baggage that comes with it including the negativity so you can't on one hand say think as a collective and then say oh no no now i, I don't want any a part of it like wh which one do you want <laughs> Exactly. It's unbelievable that they say, you know, we we don't want to be viewed through the racist past and the history of this country that grouped us all together. But we're going to actively group ourselves together yes. <laughs> and yes. just say that we have this shared message. Just to, to close out on this subject, what do you think should be done or can be done in order to break this barrier of of acting white or of having to have these shared characteristics because to me it is a barrier that stands in the way of success for so many young black kids whether or not they recognize it or not you you exceed academically succeed academically you're going to be uh 
alienated as far as your popularity. You're not going to have the same friend group. And people want to be a part of a group. We're all tribal in, in nature and we want to belong somewhere. But I wish people would recognize that belonging doesn't have to be based on skin color. It can be based on the things that you like, who you are as an individual, what your values are. How do you think you break through that wall for the people who continue to fall for this idea? It's so difficult because this goes this goes deep. Like this is a long game before I was even born, this type of division in the black community. And as you just said, there's I, I, I sense that there is this desire for acceptance and wanting to be cool. And, and if you don't act a certain way, you're going to get your black card revoked. So there's a lot of pressure to sort of fit into this box. But ultimately, I think the biggest problem is people are putting themselves into boxes instead of looking at the world through a lens of colorblindness. And I think I think that's the biggest problem is we're seeing everything in, in identity. And in order to, I think, succeed, we have to drop that and just see everyone as equals, as human beings. You know, I, I am a believer in God, so I look at the world through we are all the same under God. I don't care what your mm -hmm. skin tone is. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's the first step is to stop subscribing to this this is my tribe this is my group yuck what a racist thing to say gothics <laughs> it'd be like she's that. like i guess I'm, i guess i'm a racist then <laughs> <laughs> where can people follow you and, and find your stuff uh you can find me on youtube twitter i'm on rumble uh at gothics tv Go ahead, check it out. I know you guys are already checking out her stuff because you're the one who recommended her to me. So I'm glad that we got to sync up in this video. Guys, if you liked what we had to say, please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single time we post a new video for you guys. And go and support Gothics because she deserves it. She's putting out great content and is speaking really to your values. And if she's not, I'm sure she doesn't mind a little challenge and a little debate in the comments on her side of things too. So guys, thank you so much for watching and we'll be back next time.